Good morning. I'd like to welcome you here today to this worship service. And I'd like to offer a few announcements before we get started. First of all, to remind the Sunday school classes for the children. Now that would have already occurred for you, but for next Sunday, uh, children's Sunday school classes are back to their normal Sunday school classes. We no longer have the summer schedule. So just a reminder for children's Sunday school classes uh, resumed back into their normal classrooms today. Also a reminder coming up uh, August the 18th is Ice Cream Social. Now this will be in the Family Life Center. It will be on Sunday evening August the 18th at 5.30. And this is what, when we kick off our fall semester Sunday night programs. It's also a time that we uh, welcome and fellowship with those who've been visiting with us and those who have joined our church in the past year. And so it's an open invitation for you and for others. It's casual, relaxed night. And Christy and Wayne Morris uh, head this up every year and their request is if you happen to want to bring a good homemade ice cream you can or some delicious dessert to share. And if you'd like to know more information about this, you can contact them um, directly. That is Sunday night, uh, August the 18th. And then, of course, the next Sunday, the 25th, because there at the 18th uh, social, ice cream social, there'll be information about the uh, Bible studies that will resume on the 25th. So I wanted you to make sure uh, you're aware of that. I want to thank uh, Reverend Dennis Lee, who has assisted me today by presiding over communion. And uh, we welcome him here and we appreciate him very much. Uh, next uh, week on August 18th, Reverend George Strait will conduct the 11 a.m. service and Bill Clute will be bringing the message at the 9 a.m. service. And so I want to thank Reverend Strait and Bill Clute also for assisting me during this time. I'll be back in the pulpit on August the 18th. I don't think I have any other announcements. Let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read, your word proclaimed, and we partake of this holy mystery. May we hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Please be seated. Let our children come forward for the children's time. two pieces of pie up here and one was larger than the other one which one would you take the small one <laughs> that's not what I wanted to hear the big one oh they're all like me and I have a son that has to have the biggest of everything so I got a little story right here about two pieces of pie if I would let you choose one of these pieces of pie, which one would you choose? We've already done it. I think I would probably choose the large slice, wouldn't you? Except for him. <laughs> that reminds me of a story about a brother and a sister na named Jessica and Will. One day, Jessica and Will came home from school and wanted a snack. Their mother had baked a pie earlier in the week, and there was just enough left for each one of them to have a slice. They said, let's have a piece of pie, suggested Will. I get the pie. I'll get the pie while you get a glass of milk. When Will sliced the pie, it turned, it turned out like these two slices, one bigger than the other one. One slice was much larger than the other one. Jessica poured out each one of them a glass of milk and sat down at the table. Will brought the pie and placed a small piece in front of Jessica and kept the large slice for himself. Somebody had to get the large anyway. Look what you have done, cried Jessica. You gave me the small slice of pie and kept the big slice for yourself. Well, how would you have done it? your way, Will asked. If I was serving the pie, said Jessica, I would have given you the large slice and kept the smaller, smaller slice for myself. Well, what are you complaining about? That's exactly what I did, Will. <laughs> and Jessica both and laughed and began eating their pie. We might laugh at that story, but selfishness and greed is a very serious subject. Every day we see people who not only want the biggest slice of pie for themselves, they want it all. Jesus told a story about a man who was just like that. The man, the man in Jesus' story was very rich. He had a large, fertile farm and produced very good crops. What should I do, the man said to himself. I have had such a large harvest, and I don't have room in my barns to store it all. What do you think the man did? He could have shared some of that that he had with those who didn't have very much. Do you think this is what the man did? No, instead he said. Instead, he said, I know what I would do. I would tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I, say, then I will say to myself, you have plenty of everything. Enjoy it, eat, drink, and be merry. God said to the rich man, you fool, you, you will die this very night. Then we'll good everything. God is good, and he has given most of us more than we need. The question is, what do we do with what God has given us? Will we share it with those who didn't have as much, or will, or will we be greedy and keep it to ourselves? Remember the warning that Jesus gave the listeners of this story. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Then he said to them, watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, and man's life does not consist of the abundance of possessions. 
That's in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Let's pray. Father, you have blessed most of us with more than what we need. Help us be generous and to share those who may not have as much. Amen. bow our heads and be silent as we go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> oh God, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. We give thanks to you, O oh God. You are good and your steadfast love endures forever. And we gather here this day to offer our prayers and our petitions and our thanksgiving. And we must confess this day, O Lord, that you have provided for us. Uh, and out of the abundance of the earth, uh, you have invited, provided for us abundance of riches. Just like a parent, you've not forsaken us. You've claimed us as your own. And yet we confess this day that we have not been worthy to be called your children. The more you call us, the more we go uh, our own way. We get so busy collecting things of this world, we forget from where they have come. And we follow the false idols of possessions. And, and when we do that, we disclaim the sufficiency of Christ. And so this day, O oh Lord, we are sorry for all that we've not done and what we failed to do. And we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would forgive our trespasses and renew us in the knowledge of you. Fill us with a spirit of contentment that we might rejoice in your goodness. Empower us to take the risk of putting all we have to your service so that others would know your compassion and forgiveness. Your son taught us about when he would come and taught us about the man who confronted death and many whom we love face death. Many of those who are moving from life here on earth to live in your presence find their support in you. You are the giver of true life. So we pray this day for those who are losing control of their bodies due to age or infirmity. We pray, O oh God, to be th that you would be their strength and their confidence. That you'd free those who are held captive by their riches or the lack of them that you would feed the hungry and, the, and those who are well fed would share with the hungry. Oh Lord, we pray for each and every one on our prayer list and all that are in our hearts now. We pray, oh God, that your good and perfect will would be done and that in your steadfast love you would give us what we need and that you would find what's best for us. For we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our Lord, who taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward.
We continue today in the Gospel of Luke. We're in chapter 12, verse 13. Give attention now to the reading of God's Word. Someone in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus replied, Who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? And then he said to those listening, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And then he told this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not rich toward God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we're thankful for this day, for your Holy Spirit that drew us here and, and are, are with us, and how you're present with us this day in a special way through the elements of the communion. We thank you for your scriptures and for your admonitions to help us this day to see how pervasive greed is in the world and maybe in our own lives. We pray in your name. Amen. Ever so often someone will come to the pastor and say, why is there so much emphasis on money in the church? Uh, well, the obvious answer is that the bills have to be paid, whether we like it or not. Uh, buildings have to be maintained. But a lot of churches, I've found out, and a lot of ministries seem to talk about money in the terms similar to that movie line, your money or your life. All too many churches seem to indicate that if you just give more money, if you'll just invest a little bit more in that ministry, God will love you more. But if you don't, well, God's not going to love you. Well, frankly, that kind of talk turns me off. It probably turns me off uh, quicker than it turns you off. It turns me off because it equates the amount of love that you receive from God with the amount of money you give to God's work. And that, quite frankly, is not true. God loves us unconditionally. God's saving love towards us has nothing at all to do with how much we give or how much we do. And God's offer of healing touch has nothing to do with either our virtue or our sin. God loves us. And it's from that love that we experience that we feel compelled to return to God. And so that's why we give an offering. Bills do have to be paid. The work of God does need the gifts that we all have. And, and, that, and it always has. It always will. And the truth needs to be plainly spoken ever so often from the pulpit. Uh, the financial problems that 
any of us or a church or any church uh, can be solved if we just do the, the precepts of the Bible. You know, there are many precepts in the Bible about giving. Giving to God the first fruits. Uh, writing your check first. Uh, when I write a check to the church, uh, when I give an offering to the church once a month, I write the next check that same day. Knowing then that I won't touch it or use it ahead of time. The church does need our money, and that's a truth, and it should be plainly spoken. But once spoken, I don't think there should be a big fuss about it. It should be enough. It seems to me like to tell the faithful occasionally, especially when it comes up in the Scripture, uh, what the need is and, and to let it go at that. It should be enough to occasionally remind folk uh, what the biblical teaching is about giving. It's, it should be enough to remind people that Jesus constantly speaks to people both plainly and in parables about how money, whether little or much, how it should be used in your life. In fact, Jesus spoke about money more than he did any, and how we use it and look at it and how it affects people more than any other uh, issue in the entire gospel. And he lifts up people constantly through his stories like the poor widow who gave her all to the temple treasury, uh, an example of sacrificial giving. Or the vineyard owner who paid all his workers, even those hired last, the same wage, which is an example of economic justice in a world where there's so much injustice. Or the rich ruler who, who Jesus told to sell all he had and follow Jesus, which Jesus used as a great example of how sometimes our wealth, our possessions, impede us from doing what God wants us to do. He talks about how we should forgive each other in the steward who forgave a great debt, uh, but whose fellow servant refused to give a small debt. And of course, the best one of all is the, is the sheep and the goats. And the sheep are the ones that Jesus holds up as those who have blessed him uh, and who, have, who he sees as worthy of the kingdom and the goats are those who did not share their possessions. They did not share in ministry. Of course, the list goes on and on. Today's gospel reading, of course, this, this parable about the rich fool, the story of this one who hoarded so much money. He kept opening up more and more bank accounts just under the $100,000 minimum in the FDIC banks so that they'd be protected. And he had accounts all over, all over the place, all over the whole county. That wasn't enough, so he built more and more buildings and houses, acquired more and more houses and property. And yet he was not rich in sharing with his fellow man. He wasn't rich in supporting Christ's church. And the beginning of this parable is quite instructive because uh, Jesus says, take care, be on your guard against greed. And you see, that is indeed the key to this scripture, I believe, and to the talk about money in the Bible overall. It is greed and how greed plays a role in our life and how that role uh, plays out in what we do with each other and for other people. And there's all kinds of greed. We could probably name several examples uh, what it always gets me is, is when I would hear, uh, ever so often I would hear a, a story about someone who, who went to a fine dinner and spent about $100 on that fine dinner and then in the same breath 
talks about how you should never, oh, $20 is enough to give to the church. <laughs> There's all kinds of greed. There's all kinds of examples of how people's uh, priorities are out of order. One of the things that they often tell us to think about is look at your checkbook and see where your money goes and see what's, what takes most of your money and what takes least of your money. And I think you'll probably find, as most of us do, that the church is not the top place in our giving. You see, the fact is money and how you use it, how you feel about it, is symbolic of where we are spiritually. It reveals who we are and what we believe. It does not win us salvation. It does not bring us the love of God. But it does show, uh, show where our heart is. It shows that. And it shows what we believe, what we value, and what we desire. I just read an interesting article, and I wished I'd brought a copy and shared completely all of it with you of where a person was saying that the only way to stem the tide of decline in the church is to invest more money into the church. And he gives uh, some interesting uh, thoughts along that. And there may be some truth to that because unless we value this church of Christ more than we value everything else, it will not survive. Not only does it need our money, it needs our time, it needs our energy, it needs our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, our witness. Those sound familiar? The bottom line is, what, how does money affect you and how do you use your money? Listen to the Lord once again as he gave this warning. It's an important warning, I think. He used that moment, that moment when somebody's mind was on splitting an inheritance instead of on things of the kingdom. And he said clearly, and I think this is the message that we need to ponder this day. Take care, Jesus said. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. And consider where your relationship to the Lord is if tonight you died. That's what the Lord said in that scripture. And it's important for us to remind ourselves of it. And so I pray that you will take time to do a meditation on this. You will ask, what is God calling you to do? concerning supporting Christ's holy church. And then do it in faith, do it in trust, and do it in joy. And know whatever it is, it is of God. And God will take it and use it and bless others with it. Amen. I want to invite you now, if you'll give attention to uh, Reverend Dennis Lee. And if you will look in your, in your um, bulletins and pull out your insert uh, on, the, on the liturgy for the Holy Communion. God bless you all.
let me make a few comments about the ritual. Um, there's a note in the bulletin that invites you to sing with the choir where you find the responses in bold type. That applies to the second and the third uh, pages. The responses on the first page will all be spoken. The choir will receive communion first, and then the ushers will lead uh, you in the coming to the communion rail to receive the sacrament. If you have difficulty kneeling, uh, feel free uh, to remain standing when you come. And should you need gluten-free bread that um, is available, make your way to both ends. And if you would indicate to me your desire to receive that, um, we'll be glad to serve it. Listen to the invitation. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who, are, who earnestly repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn.
holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ by the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit on the night in which he gave himself up for us he took bread gave thanks to you broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you, this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood by your spirit make us one with Christ one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet through your son Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever.
Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world and the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Go now in peace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.